Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 34. I'm Sam Hargreaves from EngageWorship.org. I'm Joel Payne from Resound Worship. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. And in this episode, I have hijacked the podcast because Joel clearly has been in dereliction of duty uh, and has not put out a podcast for the last couple of months. So we're very sorry about that. And I've just taken matters into my own hands and I am now hosting the podcast. But I'm very pleased to say that I have a special guest uh, to interview this uh, time. And it is Joel Payne from Resound Worship. Oh, man, me. Yeah, I suppose I'm normally here. Matt, uh, You're the special oh, guest this time. Sam, thank you for hijacking the podcast. I have indeed That's been fine. in dereliction of duties. I can't um, well. I can't focus on more than one thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably well known. But um, I thought, like, we went away and did a recording week, and we even, we should probably say, we even started a podcast. And I thought, this is yeah, great. I'll just interview all different people. I just I can't get my head around it. My, my head is so focused in the one thing. Um, yeah, that's okay. To be honest, I've been very busy as well, so it's just not happened. Oh, you've, been, you've been doing your of- launches, haven't you? Yeah, so the book came out... Um, at the end of March, and we did um, one thing in Luton, which was we had about over 40 people for a day talking about that, and we've got another one coming up in a few weeks in Bath. So if you're in the West Country, come and join us on the 17th of June for a Whole Life Worship Day. Uh, And then we've got ones in Ballum, and we just put one in for Harrogate in October, and then High Wycombe. So, um, yeah, it's been busy as well. We've been writing lots of articles and doing interviews and things on that um and we were at spring harvest for a week uh doing stuff uh around worship and prayer and stuff and then we were at i think called bible by the beach huh. uh with noel tridinic and by the all beach. souls orchestra yeah 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 noel had this line it was cracking me up he kept saying when he was praying he kept saying lord we love the beach and we love the bible <laughs> 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 it's just, it just so good that is... but you know it's always good I got to, to lead some of our songs um, I did Christ is Raised with a little orchestral arrangement that oh, I'd nice. done so that's just that like fun. No gold and then uh, also been at a couple of smaller uh, well we went to um, the Fresh Expressions Rural Conference uh, last week in Led Worship yeah and uh, funnily enough your song Listen to the Words of the Risen Christ yeah. became the kind of theme song um i'd done it in a really small event which just felt oh that would be a really it's a really kind of blessing people type song yeah but i think not in a kind of fluffy kind of oh god just wants to give you a big hug kind of way it's yeah. like a here's something literally from scripture that jesus stands among them you know post the resurrection and says peace be with you and and the way you've written it is really good and then at the end it's you know I receive as Jesus sends me. So it doesn't feel static or self-indulgent. It feels I'm receiving this peace and then I'm I'm being sent. So we used it on the opening session and then hmm. the lady who was speaking, who obviously we'd done a lot of, um, you know, preparation with her, <laughs> but she stood up and immediately her first scripture that she read was that scripture oh, from wow. John about Jesus standing and peace be with you. So, um, so that was really cool. And then 
right by the end of the weekend she was like, oh we must close with that song because it was you know so important and the, the theme was dying to live yeah um so that sense of like death and resurrection was all through the conference and uh yeah so that was that was encouraging oh, that to is hear your song so encouraging thank you sam um it's the, i was just thinking i was thinking a couple of things one is when you're a um worship leader so like the the you know, you lean worship and people with their hands in the air or eyes closed and so on. It's all it's all good feedback, but it's when the person stands up to preach and quotes one of the songs you've just sung. Yeah. It's when you think, I've got it right. At last, I've got it right. <laughs> Which is always really nice. But there's also that moment where they stand up and don't mention the song worship at all. Yeah. And you're not nothing. sure whether that was because they were, you know, just not really engaged or whether they actively disagreed with it and You're you always thinking, have that kind of moment come on, of like, let's just say something wasn't that great <laughs> <laughs> oh isn't it good to praise the lord together no no it's, yeah. it's awful at least that oh nice that's yeah. really good um, we did that song at my church actually a couple of weeks ago um not really i did it once in communion but i actually did it as a as a proper song and yeah really really good feedback actually i mean literal verbal mm. feedback from people afterwards about it being kind of different about it being a kind of blessing mm. so it reminds me of you know the kendrick um foot washing one um yes love each other one it's the same sort of thing yeah. it's kind of telling a story and then involving you in it um mm. and it's it's powerful it's and it's powerful in a different way to there are lots of powerful songs but it's powerful in a mm. different way to do that isn't it so yeah that's oh great yeah, well yeah. i'm so encouraged by that so well done. And um, and we also, oh, today I'm about to, at lunchtime, go off to, so I'm in Luton and we have a, a charity here called Youthscape hmm. that has like Romance Academy and Schools Work UK and loads of things under its under its banner. And I'm, there's a, a day for young writers, uh, teenage writers that they're running. Cool. Um, so I'm going to go and do some input on writing Lament. And I've been I've been researching what the young people listen to. And, uh, what do they some... listen to? This is great. Well, I won't have I heard of it. There's no point in telling me. Stormzy <laughs> is the person that I've been looking at. What? Uh, he's very interesting. He's a kind of grime guy, and then uh, he seems to have kind of come back to um, a kind of faith in Christ in the last. He's he's still oh. very sweary. I will tell you that. Yeah. Um, so probably generally, although there's one song. <laughs> called Blinded by Your Grace, Blinded by Your Grace Part 2, which is basically just a worship song. Yeah. It, it, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised to hear it on a Matt Redman or a something like that. It is literally a worship song. Apart from uh, all, but the, all I, the swear words. Well, in that one, there isn't much effing and jeffing, but in other ones, there is quite a lot. So I wouldn't, you know, just don't just whack it on before church over the PA. <laughs> Because you might get into trouble. Um, <laughs> oh, great. But the last track is definitely a, a lament. It's saying to God, I'm I'm in trouble. What's going on? Help me. It's it's really, it's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, well done. Uh, what was his name? Jeffy. No, what's he called? <laughs> Stormzy. Stormzy. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to listen to it with headphones on. Yes, do. Yes. <laughs> So, Joel, tell us, what have you been up to? Why have you been so lacklustre in doing a podcast? Uh, have you because, just been hanging around? Yeah, it's been all about this. Oh, we did go on holiday. We went to the German Alps, sort of foothills of the German Alps. Aschau in oh. Chiemgau, it's called. Lovely. Um, near the Lake Chiemsee. Absolutely beautiful. It was like an episode of Heidi with <laughs> sausages and beer. It was fantastic. We had It was forecast awesome. to rain all week. 
Um, so I borrowed a waterproof from someone because for some reason I don't own one. And I didn't have to get it out once. We had lovely wow. weather. Um, lovely break. Met up with some friends who've just had a little baby um, called Penelope, which Huck can't say Aww. at all. It's really sweet. He calls her Hayakami. Hamakabanimi. Mimakabanimi. It's so cute. Um, um, and it was we basically went there because uh, one of our neighbours has a flat there so you wouldn't kind of know it otherwise it's absolutely beautiful place mm. and it shows that it pays to get to know your neighbors <laughs> <laughs> Lo- love your neighbor said jesus yeah. and you will get a nice, holiday get a nice holidays <laughs> <laughs> excellent well i know that you have been very busy apart from your holiday in doing lots of stuff for this uh new songs for sunday project and i am going to ask you about that in a moment but first, um, I just last time you interviewed me and you are asking me about, you know, how I got started songwriting. I thought, you know, people may know you from from this podcast or from Resound or whatever, but pe- maybe people don't know about your kind of background. So just start us off. How did you get involved in this kind of songwriting and worship leading lark? What what sort of what was your route into all of this? Uh, I, OK, I grew up in um, Galston on Sea, which is just next to Great Yarmouth in Norfolk uh-huh. um, and uh was part of a Baptist church. I remember, I think I might have said this before, but I remember sort of, I grew up in this Baptist church and there was this Anglican church around the corner. And I always used to, I genuinely just used to wonder, what are Anglican churches for? What's the point <laughs> of that church? And I've been in Church of England now for years and years. I don't seem to be able to escape it. Um, and anyway, as I, so I kind of learned the piano um, as a youngster. I, think my, I started off with my mum teaching me and then she handed me on to someone else. And I kind of started writing songs... I think quite early on, and they were kind of teenage love songs. They were always based on the piano. I had this thing that we we had a um, Crusaders youth group at our church, and every year summer, I think we'd have a kind of end of year party. And for several years in a row, mm. I'd perform a song at it that I'd written, <laughs> and it was always a cheesy love song. And it was always dedicated to someone in the room, even if there was no one in the oh, room no. it was dedicated to. I just used to think that was the best thing. To, oh, absolutely awful. And I, so, so I used to write these little love songs, um, even kind of scoring. Is there some a Facebook of, group for like support group for people who I, I had a love song dedicated to me by Joel Payne? <laughs> oh dear. And they kind yeah. of, they chat about their, you they, know, Those people don't and... go on social media. They, they keep clear of it, I think. It's better. It's easier not They're to. rocking in a corner it. And I remember, so I used to write these songs. I also used to write, um, just used to love playing the piano. I didn't really play the guitar at the time. But I do remember telling my dad that I could write better songs than the Rolling Stones. Because <laughs> <And laughs> I got this, I don't know about you, when I was a teenager, I was quite a bit cocky and thought I knew everything. I was definitely one of them. I feel sort of embarrassed about it now, but I was definitely one of those I know everything and my parents know nothing kind of teenagers. I yep. used to annoy my dad quite a lot. And at one point just going, oh, well, you know, the Rolling Stones aren't right, very good songs. They're just, because they're just like three chord tricks, which they kind of are. Yeah, um, yeah. And very good three chord tricks. Um, so at one point he said, okay, go on, then play me a song you've written. So we went to the piano and I played him this thing. And at the end of it, he just said, well, it sounds a bit like Victoria Wood. <laughs> <laughs> so was, that was a bit disappointing. If you don't know who Victoria Wood is, or she was a um, very famous British female comic who wrote some very funny comedy songs. So it sounded like I've written a comedy song. Um, anyway, went off to university. Someone lent me a guitar because I couldn't take a piano with me. And that's where I, I learned to play guitar. Um, and I, so I had that in my room for the first year or so and could carry on writing songs. And I became the CU worship music coordinator um, uh-huh. and was getting this idea of being a worship leader 
um, and and doing that sort of thing. Continue to write songs. I borrowed a four track at one point to oh, tape recorder. It was Tascam, yeah. Um, so I used to do that. <laughs> and again, I had that. So I don't think I ever sang any of them in CU. But I remember one girl taking one of the songs I've written home to her home church and doing it and then a couple of years later telling me they were still singing it it's funny when that happens isn't it where you just think I've long since let I didn't think it was particularly good I've long since abandoned it but someone somewhere yeah, is singing it yeah. well I've got this yellow I don't know if I've shown you I've got this yellow book which I've carried around for the last 23, 4 years which is my songwriting book it's nearly full now oh. um, and what I would do is I would pick a theme um, I mean you can tell I was going to end up teaching people songwriting <laughs> I would pick a theme and then I would go get a concordance and I would go through and I'd look up Bible verses and I'd write them all out by hand until I filled a couple of pages of Bible verses and then I start doing some drafts and cross-referencing and then I do a load of stanzas and so on and it's quite a methodical mm. approach to it and and wrote these um wrote these few songs and, we, and I got involved in the youth work at Keswick Convention and used to lead worship there um and then there's this one year the theme was truth on fire and I just mm. thought, I'm going to write a song. I'm going to write a song called Tr- Truth on Fire. So I did. And um, you don't know to what extent people are being are humoring you, do you, I suppose? Um, <laughs> but it went down really well. And, and to the extent, we were just saying it earlier, actually, that and we sang it in most of the meetings. And I sang it. And Andy, who was the other guy leading, he sang it. And um, it was just all about having security in God's truth and his word and... Um, the truth being like a beacon and all it had these expressions in it. Um, and I remember the last evening we sang it as part of the, the kind of the worship set. And then the guy who was preaching Chris stood and, and he quoted it. He said, he just said, wow. let's, let's bring up that last verse. And he read it through. And it was that thing of, uh, I think I've got this right. And I remember yeah. as well that evening, one, one girl who she'd been, she was kind of teenager. She's quite passionate about stuff. As she sang it, she was in tears. And it's sort of this mm. kind of, man, wow. I mean, it's a real mixture of humility and pride, isn't it, at that point? Yeah, you sort yeah. of feel really proud I, and really humbled. I do kind of imagine with that title that it was a kind of big 80s power called rock number. Truth on fire! Was it quite similar. Yeah, it was a bit kind of, it was very kind of mid ninety. No, what was it, 2000 or something we did it? Early... Late nineties, Matt Redman inspired okay. kind of. It had this same kind of doom, 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 okay. doom, that kind of rhythm that was in everything. Not so much Petra. I was imagining Petra. No, it was there was no Petra. Truth on fire. Oh, the other thing was, so it had this little. Um, I should get. Hang on, I'm gonna get my tar. I can just give you a tiny little. I think it was in G. Let's see. Truth on fire. So it was. Of course, it was in G. So it had that kind of, yeah, you can hear it, can't yeah. you? The kind of Matt Redman I can hear sound. It. Oh, can I just give you a little verse, a verse and chorus? This is yeah, terrible. Yeah, this please. is fun. Let's see if I can remember the words. Love it. Lord, we know your word is true. And the truth has set us free. So we're lifting our eyes to you. Reaching out to God gives us liberty. Then there's some more I can't remember. Um, so it's much better than it? I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and then I got the chorus. Truth on fire, shining like a beacon, setting captives free and lifting Jesus higher. higher. 
And this is exactly it. And the guy on PA, who's called Chris Banner, if you ever meet him, blame Chris Banner. Let me just say that again. Banner Chris man. Banner. Banner man. Um, he uh, decided he was going to put delay on every time we did truth, the truth on Fireline. And we had no idea. So we're playing this on the stage. <laughs> and then, uh, so we'd go, truth on fire. Meanwhile, what everyone else was hearing was Truth on fire, fire, fire <laughs> So we used to hear people walking around the place just going Fire, fire, fire <laughs> so There you go That was nice That was that was probably So I think that was the first time I'd kind of written something that People got hold of and said I want to take this home I want to sing it I don't know if anyone did but. So how did you do that from you've, you've obviously gone from just doing that in your spare time to doing it kind of as a job I mean some might even say professionally although it might be a stretch but um <laughs> uh, you know how how's it how's it become what you what you do full-time well to cut a long story short because I think we covered some of this when I interviewed you didn't we um obviously we set up Razan this was 10 years ago um, and the group grew and we were writing songs and, and working as worship pastors and so on and, and gradually got different jobs and stuff and came to a kind of crunch point. How are we going to keep this going? Because nobody's got any time. And that's when we made the decision to actually employ me. And um, so, yeah, that's basically how it's worked. We're supported by Jubilate. And then over the last um, couple of years, we've made this transition to a charity and... Um, that's really about now extending our vision beyond just writing and publishing songs. So actually working with songwriters from all kind of walks and traditions from the grassroots upwards, trying to just, we want to contribute to the song of the church or as our, our new charity strap line is to enrich the song of the church. That's what we, that's my passion really. That's what it's become. Um, and we want to do that through courses and resources, but, but also through writing the best songs that we can and songs that we think the church needs. So that leads us nicely, I think, onto you know what I think is the next part of the Resound vision and and the outworking of the Songs and Hymn Writers uh, Foundation and you know resourcing the church, which is this Songs for Sundays project that mm. you've been working so hard on over the last couple of months. Just tell us what's what's the vision behind that and what's what what are you trying to achieve through through this new project? I think it's come from two different angles, so two clear. Um, kind of characteristics of this project so the first one is about um they're all about the local church and we use it's a funny isn't it it's a very sort of in some ways a very kind of christianese expression the local church like it's a yeah. like it's yeah. a thing but but it is a thing and and the thing about the local church as a as a generic thing is that it doesn't look that much like the mega church Mm, yeah, but an awful lot of resources that we have for worship and all kinds of other things come from the mega church and yeah. it's not ne some i mean obviously in so many ways that's wonderful because we've had you know so certainly the songs we've had these incredible songs from places um in australia and the um the us and, and even some you know some of the more the bigger churches in the uk um and that's been really important but the this this disconnect between the local church doesn't look like the mega church and yet sort of tries to be like it without having any of the resources yeah. or, or or the shape or the model or anything else that that fits it. Um, and we did this survey last, I think it was last year. Just got in touch. So I just I emailed. I went through the thousand most active users on our website. Mm. I emailed them a questionnaire about their churches, and about a third of them replied. So it's a big, you know, it's a pretty big sample yeah. of surveys go. Um, yeah. 
and I asked them things like, "What is the what's the musical lineup? You know, which basically which instruments feature regularly in your worship?" Um, I asked them which ones don't, but they think are there in the congregation. I asked them about um, how they how much the congregation engages in singing, some of the ways they approach um, finding resources and so on. It's all been helpful for informing what we do. But one of the things that really stood out was about this what's your regular musical lineup mm. and um and and I sort of had suspicions about it but I think maybe it was even more even my suspicion or my guess like for example I long believed that every church has two at least two flute players um <laughs> and it just seems to be just ever so on this list flute playing was right up there Every church has yeah. a flute player, but in so many of the churches, the flute is playing the tune, um, yeah. just playing along with the melody. And you know that's fine, but that's not what a flute does in a an orchestra. Or it's not what you know when you have an ensemble of instruments, you don't all just play mm. the tune. Isn't sound right? There's so much more more scope, isn't there? Um, and the one thing that really struck me was, the, and bear in mind these are churches that download and sing resound worship stuff. So we are not cutting edge, super hip and trendy. We are not. Jeff Storm Storm Jeff, we're not Stormzy. Storm we're not any, you know. <laughs> um, but we are a kind of guitar-based contemporary worship song thing. Yeah. And yet the churches singing our our songs, ninety percent have a piano. Only sixty-six percent mm. had a guitar. So that's yeah. only uh, you know, and that's a lot. But only two thirds actually use guitar regularly on a Sunday. And it just mm. made me realise how much more common it is for piano to be the lead instrument. Um, rather than guitar, and that actually drums and bass was less than fifty percent. Um, other things like violin was around the same sort of level. So you've got this thing where actually um, you've got an, a common instrumentation in church. And then the question is just, well, what's best? Is it you know, well, those instruments are bad, and true worship is done with drums and bass and synth and guitars and so. You know, yeah. is it because you could easily believe that? I think sometimes, and I think even though it's unspoken, I think some people, and this is, I'm not saying this about the the people producing the resources, but I think sometimes the consumers have this. If only mm. our church had all that stuff, then finally we'd attract yeah. people in. Um, yeah, and I I don't think it's true. Um, I think on the whole, people are really. Uh, people are most attracted by authenticity by tr it's by true it's true worship if you're actually worshiping god that will attract yeah. people and your style yeah. is is it's barely even secondary to that i think yeah we had this at the because we're at this fresh expressions rural conference last week and so you've got two things there you've got the fact that they're rural so they're not in towns yeah and so lots of people in small churches just with an organist just with a piano uh just with you know one guitar or you know very small teams and really asking how uh, musical teams how can we do this with this small team and the other thing is they're fresh expressions so often they're trying to plant new expressions of church they're they're going out they're in a school hall or they're in a home or they're in a costa coffee or and actually you know again they don't have the resources and one of the things we kept trying to say to people was you know what is indigenous to 
either your church or to that thing that you're trying to plant or trying to start up. Yeah. Don't just go, you know, somebody was saying, oh, you know, I've, I've been given the budget for a worship leader in their fresh expression as if to say well of course what we'll have to do is import a particular style of charismatic guitar-led worship yeah you know and we must put our our money into you know bring and, and of course that's there's that might be completely valid and completely fine but we were saying well what what's going to be indigenous what's going to come out of you know being planted in that particular rural soil and in the particular place you are what expressions of worship are going to come out of that and it might not look like the thing you saw at a festival or your thing you saw on YouTube. So that's something about the musical style um, and trying to write songs that will, you know, be accessible for churches who have those kinds of uh, those kinds of instruments. But the other thing is, what about the themes? You know, what are you just writing for, you know, piano and flute and it's, it's the same kind of themes that you would find on any? Or is there something about the themes as well? Mm. Well, this is what now, I, I literally had an epiphany on epiphany. <laughs> Do you, I don't remember, but I sent you a text. I'm pretty sure it was about. So, so we'd had this idea towards the end of last year. We should do another recording this year, and we had some good. Uh, some of the th- thinking behind it was about. It just gives us a. It, it gives a lot of momentum to do a, a mass recording, and we thought we can kind of back up some of our our normal writing and and throw it all into one project. Um, yeah. And then it was just a question of well, what are we, what are we going to do about this? We did Christmas songs before, and so what do we do now? Easter songs? Do we do? Uh, and there was a lot of thing about what kind of theme could they have, and the thing that my epiphany was was this phrase liturgy songs, and I just thought I don't remember exactly when, but I just suddenly I thought of it when I was lying in bed or something. I thought that's it, that's what we need to do, and it, it partly came from thinking what you know what are we good at? People don't come to Resound looking for um, worship anthems for big. Mm. It's funny, isn't it? Because I'd, I'd like to say we've never tried to write them. No, I don't. Remember. I like in in the sense of I'd like to say we know exactly what our niche is, and we just write. Yeah. And and but actually, we've you know going through this, we've always sort of hoped we might write a big song that everyone would pick up and sing yeah. all over the world, haven't we? I can't. You yeah. know, I'd I'd like to pretend I don't think like that. And increasingly, it, it, although the truth is, increasingly I don't. Mm. But I but I do as well. I'd love to write a really big popular song. <laughs> And, and often yeah. those big popular songs are going to be quite generic in what they yeah. in what they cover because yeah. they are just yeah. they'll, they'll work across all sorts of contexts. And I just thought that's it doesn't seem to be what we're good at. But what people do come to us for is quite specific stuff. They often people often yeah. say to me the thing I love about Resound is you know that if you want a song on a particular theme you can go and find it there and you know it will be good quality. And th- and those are two things. Mm. So. And then the thing that just struck me was this idea of liturgy songs, um, which became Songs for Sundays. And it, part of changing the name of it was um, that it wasn't about setting spoken prayers to music, which is what some mm. people think of the word liturgy meaning. But what liturgy actually means is the, just sort of the structure and the journey of worship when you gather. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's your liturgy. And actually yeah. across almost every tradition, there's quite a common structure and journey to worship. Yeah. It's just ex- maybe expressed in slightly different ways and some elements are there and some aren't. And some are very sort of traditional and what you would call liturgical and others might mm. think of themselves as completely free and loose, but the, by and large, they're not. They follow exactly the yeah, same structure yeah, every week. Yeah. And there's yeah. a gathering and there's a moment of um, self-reflection and awareness of God and drawing near to God or inviting him to draw near to us. And um, there's always listening to the word reaffirming our beliefs and all these kinds of things 
mm. which actually have names and, in more liturgical traditions. Yeah. And I think what's good about this is if you are in a sort of more liturgical traditional church, you will have these things, and but you will perhaps feel that they need some new life breathed into them. And having a song can breathe new life into something that has perhaps got a bit stale. So yeah. it may be that you, you feel, oh, we just say the Lord's Prayer sort of through rote every week and actually having a song that slightly re-expresses it could breathe life into that. But the other side of it is if you are in a sort of more free church that maybe has ignored some of these things, so take confession, for example, mm. and, you know, it may be that confession, cons- you know, confessing sin is not something that you do quite you know that regularly or it's hard to fit it in again having a song might be an easier way to fit in because you're used to singing songs and so you know bringing a song in that actually the lyrics are so i think it it can work from both ways this kind of yeah absolutely and then our hope was if we write this set of songs they'd sort of doubly useful i just love the idea of doing something which which has a purpose behind it. it's not just wouldn't it be great to do an album Uh, if these songs are aimed at specific moments on a Sunday, then they could be useful in so many churches. And if the way that we write, arrange and record them helps to breathe life into the musical ensembles that are already there, then they're useful again because they help people to to make good music whilst using Mm. useful songs. And and hopefully that's that's the heart of it. That's what this project is about. That's great. So tell us about um, a song or two that you that was written and how it was kind of developed. What was your kind of process for just writing these songs and, and honing them? Well, I, yeah, I was trying to think about this. Good examples. I mean, one is um, one that I wrote in the name of God the Father. And this began life... Um, in fact, I've just remembered where part of this liturgy songs idea came from. I've completely forgotten. It was last summer. <laughs> Matt Osgood came to stay for a couple of nights. And we just thought we'd have a go at writing some songs together. And do you know what? We are rubbish at co-writing. That's what we discovered. <laughs> we are useless. At it. You know, people get together and say, we wrote a song. Yeah. I think maybe our model is so ingrained, which is you start on your own, then you share, then you go away, then you share. They're actually trying to start mm. together. We did, had no idea how to get started. But So what we did was we were thinking about this whole liturgy thing and kind of songs for, mm. for throughout the different journey. But one of them that has actually managed to survive is this In the Name of God the Father. And it really looks nothing like what we... But but we started it together. And we found a bit of Anglican liturgy that said, um, In the Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, grace, mercy, and peace be with you. Or something like that. That's all it said. Mm. Yeah, and just started to flesh that out into a song, and it's kind of took on, moved around to these different things into a kind of six-eight feel, which at one point found its way into four-four, and then we found it pushed it back. In fact, you suggested it going four-four, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, and it worked actually. But then when we put it back in six-eight, it worked even better, and it has a slight kind of um, pub drinking song about kind of feel. I don't know if that's the right expression. It kind of da da ba da ba da kind of feel. Um, and the process of writing that was okay I've got this expression in the name of Father, Son and Holy Spirit and then these three things grace, mercy and peace and it all grew out of that until mm. it became a whole verse about okay in the na- we had in the name of the Father and the name of the Son it sounded a bit like a Paul Belosh song in the name of God <laughs> the Father for the glory of the Son in the power of the Spirit now in faith we come so you're starting to flesh it out and, and that is mm. what we're doing on a Sunday it's very much about yeah. this is the gathering moment we're gathered here together as the people of the King and we lift our hearts to heaven as we sing and then I had a succession of different choruses um, none of which seemed to work 
one of which turned into a verse two, which is about the just reflecting on the grace, the mercy, the peace, and some of the elements, just, I guess, describing some of them, why we're here, what we gathered here for. And then round and round the houses, I mean, this is a good, um, probably four months or so in the in the writing of trying to find a, a course. And I was always, I, I, I and probably quite a few of us in Rosanne have a tendency to just try and pack too much content. You know, we, we're very sort of proud of having content in our songs sometimes. And sometimes <laughs> we just need to strip the content out and say something yeah. really simple. And it was mm. what needed saying really, um, rather than a kind of I had all this stuff about open our lips because there's this phrase you use in Anglican worship quite a lot it's a quote from Psalm 51 or 52 isn't it open our lips and our mouth shall declare your praise Mm, Um, and I tried making the chorus all about that and several people particularly weren't from Anglican tradition said why are we singing open our lips isn't that just weird and I thought (laughs) well I don't think it's weird but I hear what you're saying maybe that's not the main big key line and eventually it was a question of trying to find a chorus um, that was just a, an, a bit of an explosion of praise. Um, yeah, giving thanks to God. So um, we lift up Your name, O oh God. You're worthy of our praise. So great in power and glorious in grace. So it's just. A, Praise, mm. and just straight praise. Mm. You describe all the stuff you can do. And that was kind of how it came about. And that was so much about playing it to our group of exam writers. We met a few times over the last few months. We've shared a lot online. Just constantly saying, what do you think? And getting good, helpful feedback. And very often the feedback was, no, not that chorus. No, not that chorus. No, not that chorus. Until <laughs> eventually hitting one and people going, yeah, that chorus. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then it worked. That's cool. And, and who else has written? What other sorts of songs are I there? Mean, yeah, we've got um, so we've got a couple of gathering songs. Um, another one by a guy called Marcus, uh, who I think has done a really lovely job. And I like it because it's just I've written one, he's written one. Here's what I couldn't write. His it's just in a style that's different to what I would do. Even it's a really mm. accessible style. Uh, we've got a confession song by uh, Chris Pierce. Um, a couple of songs from Chris Juby which are great because they're real gap fillers, one of which is a, a preparation to hear the word. We've got two songs on that theme, and I love that. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. often, so often people say, can we just have a song before the sermon? And I think, yeah, we can. What, do you, what should it be about? And I tend to <laughs> try and make it about the passage, but actually having a couple of songs, and they're a real contrast because Chris's is quite um, brooding and um, intense a little bit and then we've got another one by chris pierce which is much brighter and lively and joyful um Mm. as a way into to listen to the sermon we've got a version of the creed um and that was a man that's a thing to undertake and that was chris juby again (laughs) um trying to condense he took the nicene creed which is the slightly longer one um or one of the longer ones and um tried to condense that into three verses and a chorus and that was an example of just spending a long time saying, um, actually found the structure of it quite quickly. We pared down the syllables together quite a bit and just tried to get it into the smallest amount of um, space that, that we could do. So we had this... Um, oh, we believe in one God, the Father, maker of the world. And most of it is expressed in those little short phrases. Manages to mm. pack lots of it in there. But then just had this big thing, which was how 
it feels like it needs a chorus. But the problem with the creed is it sort of says everything. Yeah. So what do you say um, yeah. as a response? And this was another example of just poor Chris, just time and again. What about this? Because he didn't really want... He struggled because he didn't want to add much to it. Yeah. And so he had this as kind of we believe or do we keep singing we believe, we believe. And we think the problem with that as a chorus is that this whole thing is about God and then somehow the chorus is about us. Yeah. It's all about yeah. us, we believe. Uh, and eventually we settled on this um, on this chorus... Um, which was just a kind of in fact it was this is our God this is our hope our faith our creed I love having the word creed Mm. in the chorus (laughs) it's unshakable this is the truth that we believe and that Mm. I remember you and I messing around we kind of half came up with that and then I messed with it a bit more we went to Chris and said what do you think I think we've got the chorus and he said yes that's it we've got it at last and it's become (laughs) catchy and it's uh, which is great because it makes it it's really good for a Creed song to be quite joyful and fun to sing, I think, because otherwise it's just an essay. Easily it becomes just an mm. essay. Doesn't it? And actually it's got to be a celebration. But Mark Bradford, who's one of our writers, his his comment as Chris was writing it was um, just in the way that you respond to this, remember that for some people this, is, this creed is life or death to them. This creed mm. is the reason they're dying or being mm. persecuted, or because they say, I believe this and I will not let go of it. And yeah. that's where we got this thing of it's unshakable. This is my hope, mm. my he- my faith, my creed, it's unshakable. I will not let go of this. And so there's a kind of power. Singing the creed is not just reminding you what you believe. It is, it is so deep. It is the reason for your life, for your future, for your hope. Mm. And in some cases, mm. the reason why you suffer because you will not let go mm. of it. And I thought that was such mm. an important insight um, and I hope shaped some of how we then found these words of response to the creed. Yeah. And, it, you know, you describe a process that probably people don't necessarily think about of songwriting. Of, of You know, yes, there's initial um, inspiration and ideas and something probably comes as a spark or, a you know, just a line that you sing out spontaneously. But then there's a real kind of chasing down. And I think that's something that you've brought to resound that wouldn't necessarily have been there if I just started it on my own or, you know, other people had, you know, the way that they would have run it. But you, that's your absolute genius is Chase. And I know that you've done that online. I know that you've done Skypes with people that you've met up with people. But I think this project is, um, is the fruit of a, a, a sh- quite a short period, really, but of really pushing into let's absolutely make these songs the best they can be. And, and, you know, things like, you know, you could easily in that song of just saying, we believe, we believe in this, we believe, but, you know, hang on, that makes it very us focused. Mm. What about if we made it God focused? You know, I think that's what you've, what you've brought to it. Um, And then how about what's the next phase is pre-production. What does that mean? People may never have heard that phrase pre-production, but what do you do for that? Yeah, I mean, I I learned this the first time we did an album with real record producers rather than just recording our own songs because I have a bit of an approach to stuff where I think right, okay, I'm gonna record this song, and what I do is I record a guide track, and then I record some piano, and then I record some drums, and then I record. I just keep and pre-production actually says, hang on, let's decide what we're gonna do in advance, and I'm bad at it, I'm rubbish <laughs> at it. So particularly um, working with Dan here, so Dan Weeks, we've got these two producers, Dan Weeks and Matt Weeks, and they brothers who work together, and this is very much Dan's thing because um, he likes to get it nailed down. And it's about basically saying, okay, let's just, we're going to sit down together, we're going to play through the song, we're going to work out 
some basic stuff like what speed will it go? What key will mm. we do it in? How are we going to make this sound good? And in this case, how are we going to fit this into this palette of sounds? So we come up with this what we call the palette mm. of sounds, which is so we do have drums and bass and piano and guitar, but it's about things like the piano is more front and center. The the drums are never going to be the thing that ho- that makes the song work. They're going to be steady yeah. and simple, but they will have some, they may have some interesting rhythms in, but there'll be a kind of steady simplicity to it. And it's with each track saying, okay, um, it's that find the tempo, the key, and then finding the feel. So one of the things Dan does, he's got this funny little, um, like, uh, looks like a kind of 1980s drum pad thing that he's kind of tapping away <laughs> on. And it's just letting the click go. And he sits, he's a drummer, which, which helps, but he's just trying to find a feel, which he gets just by hitting a few different drum sounds. And actually, built, mm. essentially, that builds his click track. So more than just being a click, mm. it's got a slight groove to it. It's got something which implies how the song is shaped. And that as something to work for, I find that so helpful as, as something to work from in how you then begin to build your arrangement around it. And the other thing we really did a lot was we said we wanted to have, we wanted to involve woodwind. We wanted flute in there. Mm. And this was mm. a challenge because flutes, I'm, I should say this quietly, flutes aren't very cool these days and i'm it's not me well maybe it's me but they're they're not something that's nobody goes oh wow yeah the flute was really cool in that do they you know people say flute they think of anchorman and ron burgundy popping out his flute for some yeah it's flute yeah yeah the jazz flute um but flutes are there in churches all the time so how do we how do we involve them um and give them prominence in this project and that's somewhere i was so glad to have dan because Dan's natural style is much, frankly, it's just much more contemporary than mine or yours. He he's he he's more he's so much more tuned to pop music and and stuff. So his mm. his kind of melodies he lands on and and leans on, I think, are different to ours. So we tried to think particularly about rather than we're going to arrange it for flute and violin. Actually, we're going to have signature melodies in the songs. Yeah. So that actually, this melody that opens. Um, so on the first, you know, it's like the the the, the name of God the Father that I just played to you. It's about how, okay. Let's come up with an intro. So it, the actual verse is in the name of God the Father. It's quite familiar. It was. Let's come up with a melody. Which which launches the whole thing, and without which the song feels incomplete because it's so integral to it. So then we've got this kind of and that it's a really great melody. Um, yeah. But that's okay. Let's give that to the flute or the violin or whatever we're going to use in that context. And I feel like that those little kind of intro melodies. You know, sometimes they people write them into worship songs and sometimes don't. But I always feel really grateful for them when they're there because take a song like In Christ Alone, you've got that lovely do 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 which is really simple. You know, you could easily give that to an electric guitar or a someone to play the piano right hand or a flute or a violin. Uh it's slightly different chords to the rest of the song, but it just feels like you've immediately got a bit of arrangement there that that fills it out beyond what a band would naturally do or what a guitar would naturally play. Yeah. And so I think, you know, having those little intro melodies is going to be so helpful for people to say, here you go, flute, this is your main part, is to play yeah. that intro melody. Yeah. 
Um, and actually, if they play the intro melody between, you know, after each chorus, that is a significant part. Yeah. You know, they're not going to feel, oh, I've got nothing to do here. But they may not need to do much else to, to feel, actually, I've played a part in this song. And they've actually, they've been the icing on the cake. They've been the yeah. thing that's kind of brought brought the song together. That's true. Now, at the same time as you were doing that pre-production, you were also doing crowdfunding. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. What, is, what does that mean and, and how, how did it go? Man, that's exhausting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we, we needed to crowdfund. I mean, so let's be really frank. There's a cost to this stuff. And you yeah. can record an album for £1,000 where you rent a recording studio for a couple of days. Uh, you hire in a, a musician or two. You play all the rest of it yourselves record it one day, mix it the next day, and it's done. Mm. Um, and if you're a genius or you get lucky, that that can be amazing. And I think maybe, you know, because we have this thing that as Rosanne, we're songwriters rather than artists or performers. You know, all of us play in our mm. churches and we're competent musicians, but um, none of us are great singers. None of us are great musicians. Um, mm. And so... Actually, we had to put it in the hands of other people. And actually, if you're going to do it, and if you're going to set it at a level where it sits happily on the shelf alongside other recordings, because the, the level of production in Christian record, worship music nowadays is just going up and up and up. Some yeah. of it is absolutely superb. And and there is a thing that whilst you say, oh, well, we don't actually want to produce it like that, it needs to not pale in comparison, because otherwise it doesn't showcase the songs very well. So there's just a cost yeah. in that, which is you've got to have time in the recording studio, you've got to have good quality musicians, you've got to pay someone who is a who is really good at mixing, someone who's really good mm. at mastering, and all these kind of things, and, and there's a general cost to it. Um, we, we set this in, we said, if you give us £15, we'll give you two copies of the album. I, like, I feel like it's a little bit of genius, because it's one for you and one for a friend. So immediately <laughs> we're getting it out there, um, and so lots of people went for that, but we also said things like, if you give us £30, then you'll get all the digital resources, which are the scores and the tracks and the backing tracks and other things that we normally do on the website. And so we set this thing, we said, okay, we want to try and raise £12,000, which is not quite as much as the whole thing is going to cost, but it's not far off. Um, mm. And it's mad. It's sort of ambitious and crazy. And so I, basically we set this 28-day thing, we want to try and raise this, and the, the final day was the day we arrived at the recording studio and the musicians would come in. And so towards mm. the end, you know, I had a guy who got in touch and said, look, whatever happens, I'm going to make up the shortfall. I know, oh, I mean, I just, mm-hmm. when I got that message, it was, and actually in the end, he didn't have to at all. We, we, went, yeah. we went over, but um, for, a, for a little while I was, um, yeah, you sort of, we, we did it before, you know it might work. It's sort of terrifying, exhilarating. At the end of it, I just, at the moment it was funded, it was, oh, I was like, I literally had tears in my eyes. I was, very, mm. you know, like something that's been so intense, you just kind of want to cry. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think we can do this style very often. I don't know whether we can do it again. <laughs> I mean, we, we need to make a bit more money from this project so we can afford yeah. something else. <laughs> but it's, a but it's an thing. endorsement, isn't it? And it, it shows that people are definitely, you know, they want this. And I think one of the things that people got behind was... Um, you bought a camera and you're you're filming some stuff, right? Was, yeah. Is that about you know creating a, a glitzy pop video? Or yeah, what's your, that's what's it. Your plan with yeah, that? that's going to be me walking through a river uh, with the wind in my in hair. spandex. In my spandex. Oh yeah, and my big kind of lightning shaped guitar. Um, <laughs> now that's about that's basically about about. We just thought during this recording process, um, 
let's film, let's basically make some instructional videos. And you do get these sometimes with songs, don't you? Let's do it as we record so that we film the different musicians playing and explaining their parts. Um, explaining, okay, here's what I played and, and here's how it, how it works and here's mm. how it fits in songs. And then we're going to compile all of that into some kind of instructional video. We'll stick them on YouTube. Present. It's a great, it's a good advert for the songs as well, but it's it means that as a church music group, you can say, okay, how do we play these? How do the different parts fit together? And you'll actually be able to see it and you'll have something to work from. Awesome. So what's next and how are you going to kind of get this out and finish it off and everything? Well, uh we're still finishing the recording, so we've got um, we've got these great people who are doing a lot of the lead vocals at the moment, and we've got these great people who are singing for us, people who are involved in worship, who kind of understand, believe in the project, but bring some character with their voices. We've actually got a couple of Swedish singers, a couple of Scottish singers. It's quite, you know, it's really exciting. Yet the bra. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but yeah. <laughs> and I'm hoping they're going to sound great. Um, they're, they're doing it at the moment. Once it's done, we then send it off to be mixed. Um, and then when that comes back, we send it off to be mastered. These are all parts of the process. They're all part of what contributes to it sounding like a proper record. Um, mm. And then in terms of uh, of launch, when it comes to launching it, we're, we're actually just going to stick it all up on our website. So it'll all be a bunch of songs suddenly all available like they normally are with um, lead sheets and piano scores and choir scores and, you know, you name it stuff that's there so you can kind of treat it as a whole album or you can just treat it as individual songs but you know good they're gonna be great quality recordings they're gonna show mm, up everything else mm. on the website unfortunately we'll get over that um but we um and we wanted we're gonna do some launch concerts as well this is a funny thing for us because we're not really concert for, you know we don't do gigs but actually <laughs> what i really want to do so we are you know get in touch with us actually if you if you're interested in this because we do still have a bit of space it's the week ending the 8th of october just in different parts of the country partly we want to invite the people who back to what we've done but what we really want to do is find a situation where we gather local churches in one place and we do this kind of concert and we essentially we sort of we teach a few songs and have a break and then we run a thing where we we sort of run the album as a liturgy and again mm. just going back to that meaning of liturgy is structure and journey and worship mm. the album itself has a shape and a structure as a liturgy and so just working yeah. your way through the songs and then we'll intersperse it with um you know the you've written a song based on the lord's prayer so we'll we'll actually have mm. some intercession there we'll pray for the world and the, and and so on uh confession mm. we've got communion songs we'll have communion we've got word songs we'll have a little talk we'll you know we'll read the bible mm. Mm. and the concert will be a, a whole sort of complete journey of worship and my mm. hope is then as well as being a kind of great evening together and with some good music and and, and spiritually refreshing you're left with this uh i can't remember how many it is 11 12 songs where mm. you think with each of them we could use these on sunday I think people I think people are really going to respond to this. I think it's just it's useful. It's going to sound terrific, but it's 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 practical and I think people are going to respond to that and that's you know there's a, there's a place for an album that you put on and listen to at home. I definitely think that, but ultimately if it's about corporate worship, you know, the the proof of the pudding is going to be in how people use it on a Sunday. Yeah. Um and I think people will. I've also been setting up one or two opportunities to go to things like diocesan clergy conferences it might not mean mm. anything to you if you're not Anglican but basically where lots of ministers get together um, mm. just to say can we come and present the album there because we just think it'll be useful to so many churches so we'd love to find some more opportunities where where ministers gather where worship pastors gather 
um, just to come and either do a concert, do a workshop, or just present what we've got and, and share it with them. Uh, I'd love to hear from people if they're involved in anything like that. Yeah, it's great. Right, last question, Joel. Yeah. If we rewrote the history of worship songs, what what song would you like to have written? What kind of question <laughs> this is, the question is that? You ask everyone else. <laughs> so this is the question. I and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back to you now. So what song was on? Ah, oh, it's so. I have actually given it a bit of thought. I have. I'm not very good at. I normally, this would take me by surprise, and I think, oh, I should have thought about that. Oh, can I choose two? No, have I got to pin it down to one? Pin it down to one. Come on. Oh man. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with Stuart Townend one. Um, I knew you were going to say Stuart Townend. Did you? How did you know? <laughs> Do you know what one I'm going to say? I just knew. <laughs> it's. Um, I don't know. You, you know, when some of the early ones, I'm never quite sure if they're Stuart and Keith or not, but I, it might be both of them. Uh, My heart is filled with thankfulness. I don't think it's one of his most well-known ones. Do you know it? I don't think so. Sing it. <laughs> uh, I think it's in C, something like this. Because... My heart is filled with thankfulness to him who reigns above, whose wisdom is my perfect peace, whose every thought is love. For do I come up with the words that I have on earth is given by the king. I think this might be the last verse. So I will give my life, my all, to love and follow him. That's a, it's such a, a simple, in some ways, I suppose, sort of twee, folky melody. But I've, as a song that says, oh, I don't, it just says what my heart wants to say. Every mm. time I sing it, which is my heart is filled with thankfulness, um, and that's how I f- that's so often how I feel. I think when I try to, I love God, but so often my major thing is the sort of when I when I stop and reflect is a, is I think thankfulness is that I'm just so grateful to Him mm. for who He mm. is and. Uh, what he has done in my life. I'm so grateful for the things, the people, the stuff in my life. And I, I just find with, with God, my that's my overriding emotion so much of the time is thankfulness. Mm. And a song which mm. expresses, I am thankful. I am so thankful to God. And then just, it goes through stuff and it's kind of theological, biblical kind of language and so on. But for me, it resonates so much. And I would, I think I'd love to, I don't, I don't begrudge not having written it, but I would love to be able to write something that expresses so well what because I'm not very good at expressing my emotions a lot of the time. Mm, I'd love mm. to be able to write something that expresses so well what I actually want to say. Oh, well you have now because we just rewrote the history and yes! you actually wrote that song. I've got that one. So you can change the copyright line now on I'm, your uh, on your sheet music for I'm that. gonna let him know. <laughs> <laughs> he won't mind. Um awesome. Well thank you, Joel, uh for being here and uh talking to us. And uh we're look really looking forward to the album coming out. Brilliant, yeah. And um yeah, what are we gonna have you got anything you can play as a as a as a play out? Yeah, why not? Um the uh really simple one. Why don't I just have a have a, a song from the album which is um the last it will be the last track because it's a it's a version of the Grace 
combined with a bit mm. of the uh, the blessing, if you like, those two mm. different things that we yeah. sing sometimes. And it's uh, out on the recording. We've done it. It's just piano, and it's going to be a group of voices singing it, um, and it's really lovely. It's so simple. It goes like this. May the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with us. May the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with us. The Lord bless us and keep us His face shine upon us His grace and on us Lord bless us and keep us His face shine upon us His grace and His peace rest on us May the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with